Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And his quarterbacks that year were Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon, and Brian Hoyer. Now he's got Patrick Mahomes. We'll see what he can do. Let's take a break. When we can turn, uh, week four, which doesn't belong and why? I said when we can turn. Continue and return. I've been hanging around Sims too much. That was yesterday afternoon. You know, it's funny. When I screw up, they turn it around like that. When you screw up, it takes a few days for them to turn it around, I think because they add all sorts of other elements to it. Right. Well, Nothing to add I have to a that. running Just log. copy, paste. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That uh, was yesterday afternoon on PFTPM. Tune in at 5 o'clock Eastern today to see what other stupid things I say based upon the ongoing the show then <laughs> of Christopher David Sims on, on me. So, yeah, I, I like your shirt. I Thank really you. do. Thank you. Nice I shirt. appreciate that. Yeah. Birthday a, present. A little different one. You know, I don't know. I'm just I'm going out on a limb here. Yeah. Some buttons and some zippers and things like that. What did you say it was? You thought it was like an 80s 80s look or it has. Kind of, it's a cross between the flock of seagulls with your hair from your dad's Jersey retirement night. And and also you used to wear that Rikers Island jacket. Right. That you don't wear anymore. I guess I shamed you into not wearing it. No, and you just no. got sick of it on your own. No, it's kind of like it. something from the Rikers Island line. Okay. <laughs> maybe, Thank you. Maybe you should throw the Rikers Island jacket over top of that to complete the look. There's the flock of seagulls look. I, I could see young Christopher wearing what you have on now. But uh, anyway. I probably wouldn't have the guts, but thank you. Thank you. It's it's Wednesday morning. The show is PFT Live. We are live on Peacock, re-air on NBCS, and podcast available wherever you find your podcasts. And also, because I've gotten some, I don't want to call it a complaint, request, a, a, a lament that we haven't said hello recently to our friends in the UK and Ireland. I mean, we just played the video of We're Eleanor. talking to them directly, right, right. <laughs> but Hello. Hello. To the rest of you in the UK and Ireland, Eleanor, I'm told, was thrilled. It's awesome. That she made it into the show yesterday with her well wishes to the man with the small head. So uh, man with the small head says hello, Eleanor, and go to bed. It's past your bedtime. The problem was we're on at 7 o'clock local time. She's five years old. We didn't play her bit until after 8 o'clock local time. She got to stay up a little bit, so she should thank us. Okay, she good. She got to stay up a little bit well, last yep, night what? so she can watch the video. We're, we're already like bad Uncle Mike and Chris having bad, you know, setting a bad example for the for the niece and nephew. So, yeah, good for her. Eight, 7 o'clock, I mean, I don't know. I was never one of those parents where uh, me or my, my wife where you're like, we put our kids to bed at 7 o'clock. That was a little early for us. Like, uh, we're, we're, we're like finishing up dinner at seven o'clock, even when the kids were four or five o'clock. Were you like that kind of uh, four or five years old? Were you, were you that kind of parent? Were you put, put your little boy to bed that at that point? Yeah. Look, I don't want to make too many admissions here on live TV, but the idea of telling your kid to go to bed while it's still daylight out, that was never really one of my things. Sure. And, sure. uh, you know, the problem is getting him up for school the next morning was quite a challenge 
you, you have to pick which battle you want to fight. Do you want to fight the battle arising from getting the kid to go to bed or the battle arising from getting the kid out of bed? And we had some very creative strategies for getting Alex to wake his ass up in the morning and get himself ready for school. But those were some stressful mornings, but we didn't have the stressful nights because, no, we were not not nearly as diligent yeah. as we should have been about enforcing the bedtime, but definitely not while it was stay day, still daylight out. All right, let's uh, let's get on to the news while let's it's still it. daylight out here in the east or it's just becoming daylight. I hate this time of year. Oh, and wait, they're going to change Do the we clock have fall back Is that good for the morning? That's good for the morning. It gives us some light in the morning. I hate... I hate coming up to the studio and not seeing where I'm going. I love that time of year where it's like bright and it's daylight. It it, it, it helps me not look tired. When oh, the, good, good. The show begins. Because you looked tired yesterday, so that's good. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, yeah. And, and, you know, we had our conversation about yeah. whether or not it's an insult. Right. And, and even without inviting input. Yeah. Uh, so many of the people, I think they've like saved my email address on their phones. They 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 want to continue the conversation. It's like, folks, I got other stuff to do. I can't continue the debate as to whether or not it's an insult. I appreciate you reaching out, but I'm not going to respond to emails trying to engage me in the question of whether or not you look tired is an insult because it is. I'm not going to waste my time arguing with a point that I'm never going to concede. All right, the Cowboys have conceded an important point. We thought it would happen before the season. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, made it clear that it wouldn't, and it didn't, but it's happened four games in. Veteran linebacker Jalen Smith released by the team last night in a move that is surprising, but it isn't when you consider the motivation here. Big salary next year guaranteed for injury only if he suffers a serious injury. Now that they've decided, hey, this Michael Parsons kid's pretty good. Yeah. We got the resources. We can't spend so much money on the linebacker position. We got to move on from Jalen Smith before he suffers the kind of injury that forces us to pay him next year when we know that by next year we're not going to need him. So let's go ahead and remove the Band-Aid now. That's the business reason. It's yeah. a cold, hard business. Right. We're reminded again, they go from loving you one day to hating you the next. The moment it's in their interest to move on, they're going to move on, and they did. Yeah, they did. They moved on. I mean, yeah, that's – hey, listen, I think bottom line, that's exactly where it is, and we're talking about a guy that, you know, as, as far as – been pretty healthy as an NFL football player, but there's an an overarching still issue or, you know, still a, a banner statement about his career, which goes back to his injury, you know, his senior year or his junior year in college where he would have been a top five pick and, you know, ended up, you know, lasting the second round. But, you know, the bottom line is I think between that, Mike, and what you're saying, you know, the, the money contract and, and everything there. It, the play on the field is just it's not good enough that's really the bottom line too he is a liability on the field and and hopefully they can you know hopefully he can find somebody that can maybe get him back to where he was two or three years ago I mean we're showing some pretty good plays here but people are gonna have to take well see people are gonna have to take my word word for it a little bit here you go you see there, there's no explosion there's no ability to cover anybody in space. And you constantly see it week in and week out. And we know this is Dan Quinn, Mike, right in the Seattle scheme where, you know, it's athletic linebackers are the thing that starts it and makes it successful. And, uh, yeah, he's a little bit of liability and coverage or anything sideline to sideline at this point of his career. He had signed a five-year, $50.75 million contract. Uh, so they believed in him. They mm -hmm. liked what they saw early in his career. And it yeah. was a great success story right. for a guy who had had the devastating injury, felt around two, worked and worked and strived and ultimately thrived and got that big contract. But it's $9.2 million that he was due to make next year in salary that was guaranteed for injury. They didn't want to take the chance of having happen now what happened to him in the final game of his college career a torn ACL an Achilles tendon tear we're getting to the point in the season where if that worst case scenario happens exactly chances of being able to pass a physical and usually the way it works if you've got money that's guaranteed for injury I think that there's usually a point that if you can't pass a physical by whenever it is March whenever that's when the the full guarantee kicks in. So you got you got to be uh, look, it's a ruthless cold business, Chris. It is. That's why we say to players like Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott of the get Cowboys, can. get what you can while you can because the minute it's not in their interest to keep you around, you're gone. 
So use the leverage while you have it, because the moment you don't have it, you don't have a job, or they squeeze you to take less, or whatever. But they, they, they like you while you can do things for them that will help them win games. The moment that that balance, and there's a lot of factors on each side of it, the moment the balance goes this way, you're gone. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, listen, and, and I feel for the guy. I really do. I mean, I, I like he's one of those, Mike, where I don't have any doubt he'd be one of the best defensive players in football if that injury didn't happen his last game at, at Notre Dame. It was one of the freakiest college tapes I had ever watched at the linebacker position. He was that special. You know, in that conversation where you'd go, he's the best defensive player in the draft, hands down, top five pick. Um, but – you know, they have other players like you like you brought up, Micah Parsons, Vander Esch is in year four, right? Be going into year five. So they'll have the, the fifth-year team option. That's going to be a little bit more – or a contract extension. That's going to be more money to that position. They got some other young guys that are talented and certainly can uh, fill the role if there are injuries. Jabril Cox, one guy that comes to mind, just the kid they drafted out of LSU, is really athletic. So I think between all of that – um, lack of good play on the field, and I think you know signs of. I don't know what's happened to that leg once again. Where you know two, three years ago when they gave him the contract, you know certainly wasn't as explosive as he should be, but it wasn't a liability. And some point last year, it became a liability. And and Mike here, I just want to ask you this to get your feel on this because, I mean. Do you think there was something more to it like, um, hey, we're, we're not going to play you. We're going to bench you and because he was team captain, right? So do you, we're going to bench you, and then maybe he you know, didn't like the prospects of that, and that became an issue, and then he just said, release me. I mean, that has crossed my mind. I know it's the cold hard business, and that certainly makes sense, but uh, I, did, I did wonder that a little myself just because of the, the timing of it. Yeah, I mean, even if they do decide to move on, there may be a level of respect that gets afforded to a guy, especially because you have to consider how the move is going to go down in the locker room. Yeah, you're going to bench a leader. Right. Reportedly, five hundred grand to change his jersey to number nine. He didn't see this coming. He didn't pay five hundred grand to change his jersey for four games. Right. Because now, when he goes to a new team, he can pick whatever number he wants with with no cost at all. So he didn't see this coming. And it is entirely possible that they went to him and said, look, we owe you the remainder of your salary for this year, subject to offset. It's actually a win-win. If he goes somewhere else where he can play, any money he makes with that new team, the Cowboys get a credit this year. But the bottom line is they avoid that base salary next year that was guaranteed for injury. And, you know, we see this all the time where a team says a guy is going to be released or they leak that a guy is going to be released. And then before he is, there's a trade that happens. I'd be stunned if that happens here because of that 2022 base salary yeah. guaranteed for right. injury. No right. one else is going to want to step into the shoes of the contract that the Cowboys are avoiding. No. So he's still going to make his money this year. And, you know, the other thing he could do he doesn't have to play at all and he makes $7.2 million. No. He doesn't go have see to go some doctors, see some else. people that might be able to fix that leg and get it back to a point where, like, you know, we were talking about, to where he can maybe get back to that guy a few years ago. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, man. My no, bad. you're right. But yeah. no, no, it's a good point. It's part yeah. of the back and forth. I'm right. not upset about right. it. Right. You, become a, you, know, you become a free agent in March or a free agent now. You can sign with anyone anytime you want. You can wait to see if a team has injury issues. Hell, there could be a spot that pops up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by the time it's all said and done. Richard Sherman just got a job last week. That's They've had right. so many injuries defensively. You never know how this season's going to play out, especially with 17 regular season games. So I think that even though basic concepts of pride and ego will, will make him want to get a place that embraces him and pays him and and it feels like it was just a temporary glitch in his career, his best move may be to just kind of take a take a seat, yeah. see how it unfolds. And right. if there is some some medical intervention that could make the leg better, that needs to be well, maybe he needs to shut it down for the whole year. These are this gives him a chance to take a step back right. and figure it all out. Yeah, agreed. I mean I, I think if I was hey, just being a guy that's follows the sport, been around it my whole life, that that's what I would tell him. Hey man, you know don't don't try to. You're making good money, you know. Your body's you know had a lot of wear and tear on it already. 
Let's see if we can find some answers, you know, some other avenues, other doctors, whatever it may be that can maybe get this leg. You know, he had like the what the lazy foot at the one point, get all that nervous system working maybe to a little bit higher capacity. I would advise him to do that rather than, you know, be impatient, uh, be mad, try to prove to the world that I can still play and go to a team and then put bad film on. For more people, because now you're going to be watched even closer now that this has happened. So then more people watch you and go, whoa, whoa. And, and then now you got like another block of teams that just cross you off the list for good because they're just like, oh, he's not the same guy. It's over, blah, blah, blah. That's that's what happens. Perception become reality. So hopefully he can find uh, you know some answers or, or get better. Uh, certainly seems like a stand-up, awesome guy coming from Notre Dame, a leader of that football team. I feel for him. And like you said, it's cold-hearted, this business. It really is. And, and it really does raise the question of whether the Cowboys handled it the proper way because you do have the men who stay behind who may have been caught flat-footed by this, who may be upset by it, and may look at it and say, was it truly handled the right way? The Tuesday night press release with the five-minute heads-up to Shefty, I don't know that that's the way that you handle something like this. Maybe you have a press conference. Hey, why is Jerry having a press conference today? I don't know. We'll find out. And at the press conference, they they lavish Jalen Smith with praise, and they present it in a way that that I, that makes it easier to go down in the locker room. That's what you have to be sensitive to: is how the locker room is going to respond to this, yeah, Chris. No doubt. And 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 may, maybe with things going so well right now for the Cowboys, maybe you don't worry about that nine point two million next year for now things are going damn well and jerry jones says all the time i'd write a pretty big check to get another super bowl trophy well right yeah you, you just don't i mean this may be the the uh, the influence of the many italian superstitions that my dad had but man when things are going well you just you really you really want to be sure if you make a change like that that it's not going to knock things off kilter no I, i'm mike i mean i listen i hear you I, I i'll say the flip side of that also has crossed my mind though in the fact of hey leader everybody loves him now we're gonna put him on the bench right or not let him play as much and we're trying to make that clear to him that that's why that whole you know prospect kind of like popped in my brain of that maybe that's what happened they were having a talk with him like hey man it's you know, we're gonna have to decrease your snaps it's just it's not good enough. You know, you can't run with running backs out of the backfield. You can't run with receivers, you know, running shallow crosses. We need you to be able to do those things. We're going to cut out playing time. Maybe that's where he felt like, maybe that's where the Jones family felt like that was going to upset the locker room a little bit. That one of the leaders and one of those guys who's got a big voice in there now is not playing, and that can cause issues too. I don't know. It could go either way to what you're saying there, Mike, and uh, certainly both have crossed my mind. And look at it this way. It happens on a Tuesday night. We don't know the story behind the story yet. Chances are that the other team leaders were consulted, that it was explained, that it didn't just drop out of the blue for them the way it dropped out of the blue for us. And I think it would have been foolish to not make sure that everyone's on the same page, that everyone in the locker room understands this before it becomes public. That's entirely possible as well. So I, I think that... that uh, the Cowboys are smart enough to know that they have a lot to lose if they disrupt the chemistry of the locker room right now. And maybe you're right if they kept him around and he's unhappy. Yeah. And maybe he was already saying things right. and doing things that manifested that he wasn't happy. Maybe he is happy to get out of there if he's not going to get played. Snaps you know got cut down a lot last yeah. game, Mike. So yeah. maybe that that is that could be part of the issue. It certainly could. So uh, we'll see where it goes. But I know it's one guy that, you know, we, we've talked about this from the start. We're both rooting for him, and uh, hopefully he can, can find some answers and, and become a little physically better. Is there somebody right now that jumps off the page at you as a potential contender that should swoop in and take him? Ooh, I, no, not r right now. I mean, listen, uh, I, I, would, I would tell everybody buyer beware, and I, I don't mean that to be disrespectful to Jalen Smith, but it's, it's one of those things, Mike, where it, it's pretty glaring to me. You know, it was a little glaring at the end of last year, and it was one of those like, okay, well, maybe he was banged up. Maybe, you know, it was a weird year. Their defense stunk, but 
there's a clear difference in their football team when he was on the field as compared to if they had Van Der Esch and Micah Parsons at middle linebacker or Keanu O'Neill and Van Der Esch or Keanu O'Neill and Micah Parsons. You know, they're, they were limited for sure, and he's a liability there. That's where I would just go, I don't really think there's a team that's going to be able to break down film or watch him that might have a need and go – Let's get him out here right now. You know, he'll help our team. I, I don't, and I don't feel good saying that, but that's just the honest truth in, in my opinion of evaluating him. Well, and as you said earlier, if there is a lingering issue with the leg, this is an opportunity to get it checked yeah, out, an right. opportunity to wait and see where where the right spot may arise as the season continues to unfold and maybe you come out of it with a Super Bowl ring. Maybe you get to cross paths with the Cowboys at some point in the postseason if it all unfolds that way. Things are unfolding in a very unusual and bizarre and at times disturbing way for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The photos and videos that emerged over the weekend, we didn't address them. We didn't touch it. We didn't write about it. We didn't do anything with it until the Jaguars or Meyer addressed the situation. He did on Monday, and I don't know if he thought that was going to be the end of it. I don't know if he realized it was really going to be the beginning of it, but there were some indications on Tuesday morning that things were going a bit sideways for Meyer in Jacksonville, and then came the statement from Shad Khan, the owner of the team, which... It's a pretty strong statement, Chris. Here it is. I've addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. There's a lot there. Yeah, there There's is. a lot in that statement. Yeah. And just the fact that he says he must regain our trust and respect means he has lost our trust and respect. And, you know, I get a lot of feedback from people saying, why do you care? Why? You, why? The guy why didn't do, do anything care? wrong. The guy didn't do anything illegal. Why what? is it a big deal? And what? it's like, well, it what? doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter what we think. When the owner of the team is putting out that kind of a statement, it doesn't matter what we think. We know what he thinks. And he's the guy that signs the checks. He's the guy that decides who's going to coach the team. And Chris, Shereen Williams and I were talking this through yesterday, and it finally dawned on me, the, the biggest issue here yeah. isn't what he did in that bar on Friday night. Right. The biggest issue is yeah. this is a team that has lost 19 games in a row. Right. And he can say, hey, the first 15 don't apply to me. Well, they apply to the team, and you work for the team, and the team is trying to avoid becoming the third team in NFL history to not lose 20 in a row. Yeah. We got three extra days Yeah. before we play the Titans. Yeah. You just had a heartbreaking loss. What are you going to do, Urban? What are we going to do? We got a lot to fix. Let's go. We got three extra days. Let's take full advantage of those three extra days. 24 times 3. If I could if I could do the math in my head, I would tell you that's 72, 72. hours extra that's fallen into our laps. Let's go. Let's get ready. Let's avoid the indignity of being only the third team in NFL history to lose 20 in a row. He decides to hang out in Ohio. I, that's Mike. I know. It's the, the number Let's one. Let's the team go back to Jacksonville. Right. Right. Visiting the grandkids. Right. That, no. that, to me, is the breach of trust. Not what he did. The, the what he did just underscores the stupidity of it because he did it in the open. Yes, right, that's But it's, it's abandoning, he abandoned his post. Yes. At a critical time. A hundred percent. You know, I, I know it's something I brought up a little yesterday, and, and you know, that, that's what I don't understand people when they talk about, like, well, it's not a big deal, he didn't break the law. I, I understand that, but that's why Mike and, and Mike and I are here because we're trying to explain to you in the football world, there's things that are should and shouldn't be done, and it's... Yeah, there's a militaristic, I'm going to butcher that word again. Close right? enough. Yeah, close, close enough. enough. We'll go with it. That, that, uh, chain and when command. We can turn, <laughs> when we can turn, we'll properly explain yeah, how we'll, to pronounce Yeah, we'll get that, that right. But there's a chain of command, and there's things that are done as far as getting the locker room to respect you and all work together as one. And, of course, the greatest leader of that group has to be the head coach. You know, and we never got into this yesterday a little bit just about the locker room itself. So, yeah, you're you're 0-4. And, yes, 
now you have a long weekend and you're going to take the whole weekend off? What? I, that, it makes no sense. Added to the fact, like we talked about, listen, the captain of the ship, you know, he comes back with all the soldiers after the battle. And sorry, that's the way it goes. You know, as I talked, I played eight years in the NFL, never had a head coach down on the plane on the way back. I don't know any, in fact, I don't know anybody that's never, I've never heard of it unless there was like a death in the family. You know, I, I certainly, my dad, all the years with Bill Parcells, he was on the plane every time there, you know, so that makes no sense to me. And then, you know, you also put yourself above the rest of the football team to a degree. You're supposed to be the leader, the lead example. I'm the guy that grinds and does everything to make the organization better. And you're not going to go back with the team. You're basically going to break team rules and make your own rules and just stay back and, like you said, hang with the family. Yeah, the locker room's going to have issues with that. That's the problem. You know, they're going to go, well, wait. So we, so can next week and, the, and when we play, I, can't, I don't even know who the hell they're playing this week. Wh whoever we're playing? Titans. The Titans. You know, can, I stay in, can I stay in Nashville or can I stay in, you know, Chicago when we play there the next time? The coach did. I mean, that's the precedence you're setting, let alone there's trust issues already we know down there. I mean, it's been a little bit of all over the place. You know, I, I don't know any other way to say it, you know, from the strength coach to uh, I'm missing something else. Well, the Tim Tebow fiasco. I mean, yeah. So it just looks like amateur hour. And I've tried to defend them. But the more and more you think about it, you just go, how can you defend it? How can you defend it? I did have faith in him as a head coach, but I don't know if I have faith in him as a leader of NFL men. And that's really where it's uh, a bad thing. Staying behind in Ohio is one thing, especially if he, you know, we don't know what he said to his team before he left them and they returned to Jacksonville. Maybe he said, you know, I got some grandchildren here. I don't get many opportunities to see them. I'm going to spend a day or two with them, but I'm going to be working the whole time. When those kids go to bed, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching film and I'm going to be figuring out how to fix this. And okay, fine. If you, you get a little kind of a tenuous, all right, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You got grandkids from Ohio. And then he does, he does what he did. It's just all the circumstances thrown together. It's a horrible look, and it's stunning, and uh, it, it suggests that he's really not all in. If you're an NFL coach, and we learned this with Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier tried the whole country club approach to being an NFL head yeah, coach. Yeah, no, that that doesn't work because the other thirty-one are psychos. And they are there every day and they are busting their asses every day and they are looking to create any advantage that they can because it is so close. It does come down to one play here, one play there. You've got to be strategizing. You've got to be studying. You've got to be thinking. You've got to be churning. You've got to be going and you have to love it. You can't treat it like a guy who punches the clock at the Piggly Wiggly and runs home and drinks beer and watches TV all weekend until it's time to show up for work again. Those jobs suck. This And people work hard at them, and I admire them for it. Yeah. My point is, this is a job you should want to be there. You should want to be doing this. This isn't something where you're like, man, I need a break. Man, I need a couple days off. I need to go hang out with the grandkids or hang out with the grandkids, as the case may be. I No, you're all in or you're all out. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to bust your ass, there's a long line of guys who will do it. And they don't view it as a burden. That's the thing. No. So many jobs out there. And I'm grateful for what we do every single day, Chris, because I have had jobs that I view as a burden. And I have hated those jobs. And I am grateful every single day that I have a job now that I love, that I will gladly show up and do whatever needs to be done because I thoroughly enjoy every second of it. You better view being a head football coach in the NFL that way or get out. And, and not embracing the challenge of helping the Jaguars avoid loss in a row number 20 and getting his ass back to Jacksonville, even if his plan was to stay. Hey, you know, I, hey, Shelly, I know we, we, we had planned to hang around. I, I got to get back. I got to get back. Look how close we were to winning tonight. And, you know, this team has now lost 19 in a row. 
They're looking at twenty. Only you know, only two teams in NFL history have lost twenty. I got to get back. I, I we we got the off season. We can come to Ohio in the off season. I got to get back. Yeah, my guys need me. We right. got to figure this out. We got to get this right. We got to beat the Titans. Titans are a playoff team. We 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 got to take care of business. I'm sorry, but I got to do this. I, that 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 to me is the part that that justifies the use of the word inexcusable by Shad Khan. It's not the photos. It's not the videos. It's abandoning his post. One hundred percent. And and it's a post that you should never view as a burden. It's a post that you should happily station and fulfill. Because if you don't want it, like I said, there's plenty of others that would love to have that job. A hundred percent. You know. It, you know. I mean, you said a lot of good things there. First off, I mean, he 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 can fly the grandkids to Jacksonville. Certainly, right? He could do that. All right. But but it, it's the middle of the football season. And to your point, like NFL coaches, vacations, like the like even in the off season, it doesn't exist. Yeah, hey, I'm we're we're in South Florida. Okay, a head coach, whatever. They're still down there on the phone thinking about it. All they're doing is still, you know, it, it, it's still football, football, football. Even on a vacation where you're supposed to be checked out. I mean, listen, Bill Belichick's like famous for sitting on the beach, like watching film while he's on the beach with like his 25 pound backpack that he carries around. Like his vacation is like, let me go sit on the beach and I'll read all the scouting reports and look at film. And every now and then I'll look up and go, hey, there's the sun in the ocean. This is beautiful. I mean, that's how NFL (laughs) head coaches are wired. I mean, that's how they are. And then, Mike, you said the right thing, too. And this is where. You know, you brought up Steve Spurrier or other coaches. It, it, this is where it is different. It's a, just a different world, the NFL, compared to college football. College football, you know, for lack of a better way, it's it's a little bit of a more communicating, maybe people skills, being a politician to a degree, getting kids to buy into the program, and this is what we're going to do, and getting the parents to buy in so you can get the kids there. None of that crap matters in the NFL. It has nothing to do with any. You said the word what, what, strategist, right? That's what it is. The NFL is all about it's a thinking man's game for the head coach. Wait, we did this last week. Now we got to tweak this and do this because we got a different matchup. You know, there, there's no there's no game where you're going to step on the field and just go, we're better. And even if we play a C minus game, we'll win by 30. You know, yeah, you get five or six of those at Ohio State once you get it rolling the way he had it rolling, and that's where I think it's a, that's where I think it's a, a shock to some of these college coaches who come up. You know, Steve Spurry, you brought that up. Yeah, oh, I'm a good ball coach, but call I'm going to call the same plays I called at Florida, and just I'm, I'm a ball coach. No, you're a good college ball coach, but in the NFL, after we saw your plays for three games, we knew that was the end of it, and everybody just started to dominate you that way. Yeah, it's a different animal altogether. It's a different game altogether, and I think that's probably where Urban Meyer is kind of getting hit in the face right now with the reality of this. There's another angle to this, also that just occurred to me. The next game against the Titans. Who's the coach of the Titans? Yeah, Mike Vrabel. Yeah, who did Mike Vrabel work for at one point? Yeah, that's right, Belichick. No, he worked oh, for Urban, Urban Meyer. Meyer. Yes, yes, right, right. I, I, and then so, right. you know, so so you've got a game coming up. Set aside the 19-game losing streak. You've got a game coming up against one of your former pupils, a guy who worked for you, right. a guy who has had success in a short period of time in the NFL, a guy whose roster top to bottom is better than yours. Isn't that enough Setting everything else aside, setting aside the heartbreaking loss to the Bengals, four in a row to start the season, 19 in a row overall, isn't the fact, just from the standpoint of basic, competitive, type A juices, isn't that enough to get you to get your ass on the plane and start working so you can beat the guy that used to work for you? Isn't that enough, Chris? And if it isn't, if it isn't enough, Urban Meyer needs to look in the mirror today. He needs to listen to what I'm saying, not that he ever will. He needs to look in the mirror, and and he has to ask himself honestly, if that isn't enough to get me to go all in, I I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. I, I, I should just, I should go do something else, stand down, and let someone else take this job who will do it the right way.
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, it, yeah, he's, he's got to be having those conversations with him right now. You know, that's, that's the other problem going back to the locker room and the organization where you probably had guys, players and coaches who were probably there over the weekend going, what the hell? You had guys rehabbing with injuries going, wait, I'm here, but the coach who's making a lot more money than me is not. That doesn't Anybody make seen sense. Coach? Oh, I've seen the coach. Yeah. yeah I've seen the coach. Right. And I let, got him right here. You let alone, the coach? Let you alone, see where coach is? Yeah. You hear the story, right, that he had talked to the team, and, uh, you know, I, I can't remember where I read it yesterday, but they talked about, like, the team kind of laughed when he walked out of the room after his explanation. Yeah, because I don't – a lot of the players, the way he explained that, are, are just not going to buy that. They're not. They're not going to buy it. I'm not trying to say he's a liar They've or whatever. They've seen the videos. But the story seen seems, the fi yeah. The pictures in the videos. What? There was a group that asked me to come over to take pictures the bar next door. What? 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 Tried to pull me out on the dance floor. What? They've seen the pictures. They've what? seen the videos. Challenge flag. Call Al River yeah. on back. Yeah. I just, that's where, that's not going to fly in the locker room. That stuff right there. That's college BS. You're talking to some men in that locker room who are plus 30 years old or in their upper 20s. They've been around. They got kids. You know, you're, you just you can't just make like little banner statements like that and think, oh, they're 18. They'll 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 buy it. Don't worry. I mean, and that's where it's a different game. And that's where he's on real, real thin ice right now. It was Mike Silver, formerly of NFL Network, now that's with the yeah. Washington football right, team that, right. that ha had spoken to a Jaguars player unnamed who who said that things are pretty bad right now. But Meyer himself on the Urban Meyer Radio show said yesterday that things are not good. Here is some of what Meyer had to say. Uh, Coach, how, how difficult were the conversations the last couple days, and what is your reaction initially to Mr. Khan's statement? Uh, the conversations have been horrible. Jeff, the locker room has been my entire life. That's all I've ever looked at. I've always, you know, some even other coaches, when I was a young coach, I said, you know, when I'd hear conversations among coaching staff and I would always say you know, there's only one thing that matters in this whole facility or organization and that's the locker room you know how we build it how we treat it how we earn their trust uh, how we you know that goes back to the culture of excellence I call it around here is how do we make sure we give them everything possible you hey boy Yikes. I don't know that he's helping himself with no. any of that is this like are you listening to yourself yeah. In, in light of the conversation that we just had, and I think we hit every good point that needed to be addressed, that just sounds like a guy who has decided that when in doubt, I'm just going to talk and I'm just going to deal with it and I'll say words and then maybe they'll leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's all it was because it's it's hollow in light of, of it is. in light of what he did and how we just addressed it. Everything he said is hollow and it makes what he did more glaring. What the hell are you doing? If this is so important to you, why aren't you on that plane? Why aren't you in that locker room? Why aren't you in that building with the Titans coming to town and you get a gift of three extra days to get ready for it? I'm, I'm, I'm stunned by that. I'm stunned by how nonchalant it seems. And the guy just doesn't get it. And, and, and that's what takes me back to Apparently what not. I think is going on here. I think it's a multi-million dollar game of chess, checkers, and chicken between Shad Khan and Urban Meyer. Khan wants him out, I believe. Do. Khan doesn't want to fire him and owe him the money. Right. He's hoping that Meyer's ego and pride will cause him to walk away. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, if I was the owner of the football team, I'd, I'd probably be the same way. I mean, I, I would be the same way. You know, there's been enough crap there. You know, this whole time, and, and, and again, you know, I, I got a lot of respect for Urban Meyer in a lot of ways. Like I told you, I mean, he recruited me when he was coaching at Notre Dame. Uh, so maybe that past relationship has, you know, flooded my brain a little bit with some bias. But uh, it's hard when you just talk about all the facts of things that have happened this offseason into the season to, yeah, to, to really back him up at this point. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I hear you. I'm with you. I, I'm guessing, you know, I, I'm guessing he finishes the year. I'm going to say he does that. But I think like what you said yesterday, the more this has gone by and I've had time to digest it, I think you're right. It's like he finishes the year, but I don't think he ever sees 2022. I think he's going to realize. He's, why, so why bother? Why bother finishing? I don't know. Maybe he's just going to try. I think maybe the pride this year just to, to say I'm going to finish the job with the team and 
I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. You're right. I don't I don't have a reason other than that he, he just might try to finish the year out because he knows it's going to look even worse just to tuck tail and quit right now too. Wait wait till he walks out of the tunnel on Sunday. And, oh, he's going to hear and, some and of the most creative man. stuff wait, he's wait, ever wait. heard. Yeah. Um, and and you know what do we say all the time about NFL teams that make mistakes? The best thing you can do yeah. when you've made a mistake the Band-Aid is off. acknowledge it yeah. and move on. Yeah, right. By doubling down, you make it worse. Right. And 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 it's it's very easy for me to spend Shad Cod's money. But that statement yesterday was as strong of a statement as we've seen an owner issue regarding his head coach that I can remember in twenty years of covering the league. I I, I don't don't play don't play th- th- this game. Don't, don't just and and hey to the extent this, this is the other side of it to the extent that Shad Khan is worried that if he fires Urban Meyer for cause there's going to be a grievance there's going to be a fight there's going to be an issue and he may have to pay him later here's the thing that you got to keep in mind all of these coaching contracts provide that any disputes will be resolved not by a judge a jury an independent arbitrator a mediator or anything like that they all get resolved by the commissioner or his designee so fear not shod khan you have a favorable <laughs> a favorable forum i didn't even realize that where yeah. you can litigate right. this question so go ahead and fire the guy if that's what you want to do. You, you, you've tried to get him to quit. It's clear he's not going to quit, at least not in the short term. Maybe you play it out for a week or two, but I, I, if you want him out, just fire him. And I know you may have to pay him a lot of money on the back end. You got a lot of money, and you're going to make a lot more money, especially from gambling. This is a gamble you don't want to take because if you know that this guy is not fit to be the coach of your team, the longer he's there – the more damage he's going to do. Yeah, I, I, I think if you're at that point where you just go, man, it's it's not right. I, I hear what you're saying. I do. You know, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the cons pride. You know, their family gets their pride gets in the way here because of course they they went out on a limb here to make this higher. So maybe they don't want to see it just you know be wiped away so quickly. A lot of different things at play here certainly, but like. As bad as a look as you can get for an NFL head coach, really, is, is about as bad as it can get. And I could see them giving him one last chance, a very thin opportunity. To, but I just it's it's not gonna it's just not gonna work. And you know, with players, we say, hey, it's always good to get your second chance with the team that currently employs you because the team doesn't want that guy to get his wake up call and go somewhere else, like Chris Carter when the Eagles cut him and then he becomes a Hall of Famer. You want the guy to to turn it around on your roster. Shad Khan doesn't have to worry about that. Trust yeah, me. Right. If Mike Tomlin gets fired today, he's got a job tomorrow. If Urban Meyer gets fired today, you don't have to worry about him showing up in the NFL no. anywhere, anytime, ever again. I would so think like, that, well, isn't part, that isn't part of the analysis. No, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, after this, like, you know, USC, whatever. Co- I mean, I would, I would be like, what? Wait, Urban Meyer, who seems to not stay at a job for more than three or four years and this and – all that goes along with it, like, I mean, I just can't imagine that even a college team is going to be quite that interested at this point. So, yeah, you're right. It's not going to get thrown back in their face, especially not in the NFL. There's no way an NFL team will flirt with him ever again after this. One last point on this, because I think that, that it's fair for the audience to hear it, and I've only seen the words. I haven't heard them. I'm curious to hear how it sounds. Here is Meyer from his radio show yesterday talking about getting ready to play the Titans amid all all of this swirling controversy. Urban, with this distraction, trying to get the team refocused on a game in Tennessee, the players are going to get questions throughout the week, I'm sure, uh, not only from local media, but national media, and then also the visiting team's media. How do you try to attempt to kind of focus away from the distraction to get a team ready to play football game? Uh, once again, I, I, I don't believe that's in my court. I'm doing, we're going to do the best, but you know this, Jeff, as well as anyone, that the leaders on our team are going to make that decision. Um, and it depends how much trust you have built up with them, uh, how we structure everything this week and, and focus on winning that game. So uh, I'm going to be as extremely clear as I can. Our staff is working their tails off. But you know as well as I do that the own, the ownership of this team is with the players. 
it depends how much trust you have with him. You have none. The owner just said you have no trust. You have to rebuild the yeah, trust. There right. is no trust. Right. And and the the staff working their tails off. Well, somebody wasn't working his tail off on Friday and Saturday, no, no. and whenever it was, they went back to Jacksonville. There's just an irony that oozes from these words that underscores the absence of self awareness. That's what got him into this mess. And that's what is making it like quicksand as he tries to get out of it. This is Michael Scott as a football coach, and he can't figure out how to make it right other than just by talking. And if I say enough, maybe the magic word is going to come out of my mouth and everything's going to be fine. The problem is, based on what he said last night, I don't know that he made it any better. Definitely and he's got not. a press conference today at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, and I'm going to be listening to it, and I'm sure many others will, to hear what he has to say about this because I think the more he talks, the worse it seems. It does seem. I mean, he's, he's talking himself into a corner where it's like, are you listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth? You, you have, you're, you're doing the opposite of what you're talking about. So that's where he's killing himself. Last thing I'll say about this is this right here. To your point with rip the Band-Aid off or if you know, the you know you made a mistake, you do at some point. At some point late in the year, you got to get to that point to go, wait, is he going to be here in 2022 or not? I mean, to me, if I'm Jacksonville and you do come to the point of, wait, we know Urban Meyer's not the guy here. We're, he's not going to be back for 2022. You, 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 you need to act fast. You know, you got Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. I don't necessarily – I'm not necessarily in love with the offensive staff they have there in Jacksonville as is anyways. And to me, with that kind of guy, you know, you, you better be front in line for the top offensive names that are going to be head coach candidates, whether that's Brian Dayball, Eric Bieniemy. I'm probably missing a few other people there in that conversation. But that, to me, has got to be on your radar and the future thinking of your organization. You have Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be damn good. You might you want to set him up the right way, and right now you're not setting him up the right way, as we as we see. One more angle that just came to mind. Now they're two games away from their bye week. After they play the Titans, they play the Dolphins. Not in Jacksonville, not in Miami, not anywhere in Florida. They play the Dolphins in London. If you're the NFL, yeah, I know that's not the greatest. Wouldn't wouldn't you kind of like it, given everything that's currently happening? Wouldn't you kind of like it when you're exporting one of only two games this year? to London. Wouldn't you kind of like it if he wasn't the head coach? I mean, let's be realistic about it. If I'm the commissioner right now and I'm paying any attention whatsoever to what's going on, I'm thinking, man, I, re I really don't like the idea of the Jaguars going to London and playing a game there with Urban Meyer as the head coach two weeks after all of this stuff. Um, and, and again, if there is a fight over whether or not they have to pay Urban Meyer, the commissioner's the one who decides it. I just think that we would be extremely naive to believe that there are not various forms of back-channel communications, you know, conversations that never happened on burner phones and other forms of communication that would never be proven in a court of law or elsewhere that potentially could, could grease the skids toward Urban Meyer not being the coach of the Jaguars by the time that the Jaguars play at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on October 17, Chris. And I just thought of that now, looking at their schedule. If I'm the NFL, I yeah, they don't I, love that. I, I don't I don't I don't like I don't like this look uh, coming up here in in uh, just about what 11 days. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there, definitely. Uh, it's it's not the not the 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 media you know attention or, or focal point that you want when you're trying to spread the love of the game throughout the the world and and Europe and of course the UK, uh, yeah this is going to be a hot button topic and it's it's not going to go away here anytime soon. All right, let's take a break. When we return, what is up with the Pittsburgh Steelers and more specifically, what is up with their starting quarterback Ben Roethlisberger? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. 
The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ben also uh, has some hip issues relative to play. Um, we'll let their practice participation be our guide in terms of their availability. Continuing with the Ben questions, is he the best quarterback for this offense? And if so, what makes him that way? Absolutely. Um, you know, what he does and what he's done um, makes me really comfortable in saying that. And also the fact that I don't have any alternatives makes me comfortable in saying that. I mean, it's easy to say Ben's still the guy when it's Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins who could become the guy, but he still needs plenty of work. Look, hip issues, Chris. Not shocking. The guy's 39. He's an old 39. He's a banged up and battered and beaten 39. Already has the pec injury. Now he's got hip issues. The clock is ticking toward what I will believe will be the inevitable slip onto IR, yeah. never to be seen again. Mike, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you. When I saw that statement yesterday, I thought of you right away. It's the first thing I thought of. I went, "Uh oh, this might be laying the groundwork here for what Florio's been talking about." That yeah, the play's not good. Uh, it, it's we want to bench him, but we'll let him save face. And hey, you got an injury and you're on IR for the year, and that's where it goes. You know, listen, I can I can believe Mike Tomlin from what he's saying at this point because, hey, Mason Rudolph, he hasn't proven to be anything, you know, special. Uh, then why or, do they keep him? I don't why know either. There? Stubborn. Haskins has the potential to be. We loved what he looked like in the preseason, but still, it's preseason. It's risky. And, of course, he's very young, and it's a tough situation just to throw him out there right now in that as well. So I, I, I don't get that, but they're in a tough spot. And listen, I, I don't feel proud saying this because I think Big Ben's an all-time great. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer for my money. But uh, he's the weakness of the team. He's the weak link right now. There's no, there's no other way to say it. There, there's no positive of his game other than, hey, if he gets one-on-one and Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson are running down the sideline, hey, he could still throw it. He's still got a pretty good arm. But – you know, his ability to read defenses, play the game the right way, and then I still go back to he uh, unrealistic uh, 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 awareness of like this right here of his ability and what he is at this point. I mean, he's standing in the pocket with the, his arm in the air like he's going to run around and pump and do that. And it's just like, no, Ben, those days are over. It's get the ball out of your hand or throw it away or just get to the check down. But this, like, he thinks he's Big Ben 2012 right here, and I want to go, no, buddy, it's, it's not going to happen anymore. Like, that's it. What are you holding the ball for? There's the back. Check it down. Move on. But now he's going to run around, get crushed, and who knows what happens. And uh, just, just disappointing. I don't like to see it because I'm a big fan of his. When you see it one after another, it really does underscore that he is a shell of what he once was. And you're right. He may be thinking, what's wrong with me today? Well, what's wrong with you today is going to be wrong with you tomorrow and the next day and the day after. It's over. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. flat out over. And this is one of the risks of hanging around longer than you should. What did we say back in March? When it looked like they were trying to find a way to gracefully part ways with Ben Roethlisberger, then all of a sudden, oh, there's a reworked deal. Oh, they're going to pay him less money. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, they're going to load it up for one last run. Yeah, this ain't going to work. We said at the time, it's not going to work, and it's a shame. And I don't, I mean, I'd rather be right than wrong, but I'd, I take no enjoyment in the fact that we're seeing this guy as the opposite of Tom Brady. Brady keeps going at 44, and if anything, is getting better. And I think it's going to cause some of these other quarterbacks, Chris, to keep playing longer than they should because they see what Brady's doing, and they think, why not me? 
So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's, a, there's, there's the example. Here's the example of. I mean, not look. I people like, but it's just, it's just not. It when you add it to the rest of the year, it's just not good. And it's only four games in. It's not going to get better. No, it's not going to get better. You know, they're not going to be able to be a team that's going to be able to dominate in the run game and and play that way. You know, hopefully it does get better. At the very least, I'll go back to what I said that hey, they might have been able to steal a game or two here the last few weeks. If he just would not try to be the big Ben of old, not turn the ball over. I mean, man, their defense is still legit. They gave Aaron Rodgers and company all they can handle the other day. I really respect Pittsburgh and, and the way they play. I mean, they bring it. They were hitting people and playing as hard as they possibly could in that Green Bay Packers game. And But, hey, you know, it, it's, it's a defense that really can keep them in any game almost against any team if the offense just won't mess it up right now. And right now, Big Ben messes it up once a game to give a team a short field and gives them seven points, and you look back at it and go, well, damn, if that team didn't have seven points, we'd be in a one-score game, a field-goal game in the fourth quarter, and who knows what happens. And uh, that's where it's just unfortunate too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes going forward here. The thing about the Steelers that I have learned in 50 years of being in and around Pittsburgh and following football, it's dangerous to write them off. They always seem to find a way, but this may be the limit. If your quarterback just can't function, this may be the limit. And Chris, one last question. Would Cam Newton make a difference with this team? Somebody asked that yesterday on PFTPM. Yeah, I yeah he he probably would. I I I think his play could be better than Big Ben's. I do, I do. Yes, I mean at least Cam is going to give you a presence in the pocket. Still has a little athleticism to get outside of the pocket, and you know is 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 not falling apart to where yeah I I there there could be some benefit there certainly. I I, I that's a good one. I haven't really thought about that and and really dove into that, but um yeah, but the way Big Ben's playing right now. You know, again, it's just it's it's way less than average for sure, let alone the critical mistakes that continue to just really hamper the football team. All right, let's take a break. There's some breaking news that is going to be very significant as the season continues to unfold. We will tell you what it is when PFT Live continues right after this. I'm interested. Well, some breaking news courtesy of Adam Schefter of ESPN. Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, who had been locked in a contract standoff with the Patriots on the physically unable to perform list with an injury or an air quotes injury released by the team. Not traded. No new contract. No new anything. New team. Yeah. Eventually, inevitably, Apparently, he still needs a little more time to recover from the quad injury, although there are some who believe that he was never really injured, that it was just a way to just a way to to uh, hold in into the season. Right. But uh, he's available. And, uh, Chris, my first thought. I know. Go ahead. He's going to end up in Tampa. He's and the only reason they didn't do it before this week is they didn't want him to be on the Buccaneers when they played them. (laughs) Maybe. I, I mean, that's that's certainly the team I think of right away, too. You know, again, guys at that point of their career, you know, I don't know how much of it will be about money. So that could be part of this issue. I know Tampa's like doesn't have a ton of like cap space as I sit here, but I'm sure they can finagle ways. But, uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Guys at this point of their career, they want to go somewhere and be a winner and be a winner, play in some playoff games, you know, put themselves on the radar in in a big way again. And then maybe he can strike it rich for one more big contract next year. So I would think he's definitely going to go to one of the better teams in football, no doubt about it. You know, so whether it's them, you know, I don't, and then Carolina could use a corner. And you know, again, I don't know if he'll view them that that way. Uh, Seattle certainly has corner issues. I mean, there's a lot of teams you can look at here and go. It makes sense. The Tennessee Titans, the Green Bay Packers, 
Uh, you know, so I, I, the Baltimore Ravens, th- that would be another team I, I would be looking at uh, that, that could certainly sign him. I think he's going to Tampa. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I, I, if Tom wants him, Tom's getting him. And if Tom wanted Richard Sherman, Tom's going to want Stephon Gilmore. I'll do respect. Tom 100%. What, they're not even what the Gilmore same class. Do. Right. They're not even the same and, class anymore. And from Gilmore's perspective... Okay, look, he's not getting the balance of his salary. And some of you may be confused because when when a vested veteran gets cut at any point during the season, yes, he's entitled to the balance of his salary, his termination pay, but you got to be on the active roster week one for that to apply. So it doesn't apply to him. But he did get paid for the first four weeks. Now he's a free agent, signed with anybody, and take what you can get, go to Tampa, win a ring, play into January, and become a free agent in March and go to the highest bidder. It's a no-brainer to me. It is a no-brainer. He knows what Brady can do. He sees what the Buccaneers are doing. He's going to be in Tampa. Mark me down right now. He'll be in Tampa, and uh, and he'll he'll get a good contract in the open market in March. I, I, if you made me bet, I'm with you, Mike. That that certainly makes sense. We know they're they're really banged up on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary. So that would make a lot of sense, a hundred percent. You know, and and I'm I'm a little surprised. I really am. You know, I really thought that this was almost like a wink, wink, handshake, handshake type deal of like, hey, we'll put you on pup for a while. You know, you can get whatever, and you don't have to play a full season for whatever we're paying you. I, I mean, I, I didn't know what was happening here. I never bought that he was really injured. I know people around the situation who were always like, I'm not really sure what the deal is with Gilmore. So just weird how it all unfolded there in New England. I'm surprised they let him out the door so easily. Yeah, the offense, you got a young quarterback. You know, you're you're not act, putting up a lot of points. I thought at some point he might come back and just help their defense to go to like, you know, another level and go, wow, okay, they can win games 17-13 every week now with him at corner and J.C. Jackson and all the other guys they got to go along with it. Remember what they did last year. After he won Defensive Player of the Year, they took some money from 2021 and moved it into 2020. It reduced what he was going to make this year, and he was unhappy with what he was going to make anyway. He wanted a new contract, so they paid him four weeks for nothing. I still believe, I'm with you, this was the year of the hold-in, and different teams handled the situation differently. In New England, they just put him on the pup list. Just put him on the pup list, and we'll see if we can work something out. And then they get to the end of camp. They haven't worked anything out. They put him on the pup list going into the season. And, you know, Belichick always has a plan. Belichick's not taking the weekend off after a Thursday night game. <laughs> no, he's he's always planning and strategizing, and he <laughs> knew damn well what he was going to do. And I'm telling you, Chris, I say it jokingly, but yeah. I'm not joking. After they play the Bucks, they let him go because if they had let him go before then, he would have already been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you're, you're probably right, Mike. I don't. I don't. I hear you a hundred percent. Uh, I do. And I, listen, I understand Stefan Gilmore not being happy either. I mean, again, he was the defensive player of the year two years ago. He's got corners in the market who are making, you know, 50% more money than he is. And not to say that he's at the top of his game anymore, but he's certainly in that top five, definitely top 10 conversation in the sport. He can still play lockdown man to man coverage, which is rare. And uh, his services will, will be needed. And yeah, I'm going to be interested to see who bids for him, how this unfolds. Uh, Tampa, definitely, you know, Pete got in my ear and said Green Bay. I, I said Green Bay earlier, Pete. I get you. You know, that's, yeah. If they want to beat Tampa and be able to match up with all those damn receivers, that would be a guy I'd look at. Will Green Bay actually make a move and try to win the Super Bowl? Well, they just asked Aaron Rodgers to cover guys too now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, this is a way to remove the stick. It is a from little. From a place where sticks ordinarily don't go for Aaron Rodgers and prove to him that they are serious about trying to win. Remember, it was Charles Woodson that they brought to town when Brett Favre complained in 2006 that we don't sign free agents in Green Bay. Yeah. This is an opportunity, especially because you keep the Bucks from getting better, a team that you're going to have to get through at some point if you have designs on getting yeah. to the Super Bowl. Rams so there too, could right? be. Yeah. There could be a little bit of... A bidding war. I think so. That's what could happen. It could be. I know. 
I know. I think when you take the the Bucks, the Packers, the Ravens, uh, you know, those are three that I think jump off to me more than any other. There could be a little bit of a bidding war here for this guy, definitely, a hundred percent. And yeah, you know, if I am the Packers, I'm definitely thinking about it because I'm worried about yeah teams like the Rams and the Bucks and the Cowboys, where I go, wait, I'm not sure we can match up across the board and maybe stop some of the other things we need to stop. So that's where he would come in handy, and uh, yeah, we'll be interested. This is going to be one of the more uh, interesting type of situations like this that we've seen. By the way, Shefty, once again with the five-minute news before Boom. it's announced to the world. Way to got, go, got Shefty. Got to give us a five-minute head. I'm being sarcastic, Chris. I'm giving them Pat's a Nation. Way to go. <laughs> it is with mixed emotions that I announce my goodbye to this great fan base. We enjoyed so much success together, and you have been an incredible inspiration for all my individual achievements. Thank you for allowing this Rock Hill kid uh, to achieve his NFL dreams. To Mr. Kraft, the coaches in the organization, thank you for providing me with this platform and allowing me to be part of greatness. Most of all, I want to thank my teammates who lined up next to me every Sunday with one goal in mind. Those moments on and off the field will never be forgotten sincerely Stefan Gilmore so he has announced uh that he is indeed out and we'll see look the Patriots paid him market value as a free agent before this year when they went drunken sailor on everyone they rarely did that it was Adelius Thomas and Stefan Gilmore before this year that's it that's what made it kind of weird that they wouldn't pay him on the back end like, we paid you market value when you were on the front end of your prime. Now, eh, 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 we're not going to do market value, and now he's just gone. And uh, we'll, we'll see if he takes advantage of the potential, Chris. I like the idea of a bidding war. I like a little intrigue. I like a little drama. I do, too. Let's just not, let's not wrap this thing up in a bow for Tampa yet. You got the Packers. You mentioned the Rams. They ain't got the money. No, no, they I'm really saying, don't need them. I'm saying the oh, Rams the Ra- is yeah. a match. Like, the, like if you're going to play the them, right? You're going to have to play gotcha. them with their weapons. Yeah. That's what I was saying there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seattle, but, but I mean, really, uh, the New Orleans Saints have corner issues a little bit where they've been talking about it. So there's some teams that are major players that certainly have a need. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs? Definitely. They have an interest. Definitely. A hundred percent. I mean, as crappy as that defense has been, they certainly could use it. Well, it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. An unexpected in-season free agent that will be in high demand if if he can keep himself from saying, yes, Tommy, whatever you want, Tommy. I'll be there on the next plane to Tampa, Tommy. If he can resist that, then it's going to get interesting. Yeah, Buffalo, uh, too. Sorry, last yeah. one, Buffalo. Hey, yeah. well, well and, and that's, hey, again, what's any, Buffalo's a team that drafted him. I know. But, but what's, the, what's the motivation? Right. Is it to get maximum dollars now or play deep into January, maybe get a Super Bowl ring and try to get maximum dollars in March? Uh, let's take a break. Power rankings were out yesterday. We have some of your questions, some of your feedback. I saw a hilarious e- uh, text or Twitter exchange that uh, they'll have to blur in London if we use it. More PFT Live right after this. Whatever job you need to do out there, Grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. 